You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good evening, guys and gals. Um, you know, Obviously, your daily delivery of all things. Dog Pound, uh, Jeff Lloyd, Pete Smith, the local experts on the biggest stories. Uh, brought to you tonight by Hotels.com. Uh, now's the time of the year. Uh, you know, obviously, if your families, your kids are out of school, hopefully you got some vacation time coming if your parents. Uh, short trip, long trip, check in at Hotels.com. Get rewarded basically everywhere. Be there, do that, get rewarded, and let Hotels.com help you with that. Whether it's the Himalaya app, whether it's iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Wherever, um, make sure you're following Lockdown Browns. Ratings, reviews are always welcome. Uh, we do have some football things I want to. We're going to get to here today, Pete. But I do want to open up to this because watching the U.S. Women's Team today, and you know, I'm getting a couple of texts from a couple of buddies. And the funniest part about all of this now is this team. It's almost like they are like the modern day the U in like the way they're being viewed. And I don't know if anybody ever saw that coming. And you know. And look, if you're going to celebrate, work on it. Put something into it. You're going to score a goal against England, sipping the tea. Like you always like to say, Pete, chef's kiss. Perfect. Um, it just feels like this is so sexist that, you know, it, they are being viewed as being so over the top. But if, like, men did the stuff they're doing it would wouldn't even be regarded at all like the idea that drinking tea is some over-the-top celebration give me a break and then piers morgan trying to turn it into like she's mimicking smoking a joint in the center of the field you fucking idiots that and piers morgan really really wants to be relevant and everybody's helping him out in that standpoint um yeah it just you know megan rapino in the previous games I mean, it, she's great, and I don't. I, I mean, I've watched the games because I, I. Again, I've said before, I like uh, women's soccer much better than the men's. Uh, they're more physical, and there's less flopping. Um, and I don't see anything that bothers me. I, I you know, the, if you want me to complain about a celebration, I, I will complain. I, as I've seen multiple people do this, that eyeball thing. I, I don't know what that is, uh, but. <laughs> Overall, none of this bothers me. There's, you know, none of these things feel like, you know, disrespectful or over the top or anything like that. It just feels like celebrating, having fun, whatever. And and if it was a if it was men doing this, it just feels like it would be nothing. Uh, but you know, they are being regarded as arrogant, and I don't. No, if I really see that, I mean, I, don't get me wrong. They think they are very good. Oh, and not yeah. tell you. I mean, that there, there is definitely the element of you know they're the best team in, in the world. Just ask them. But in terms of what they're actually doing on the field, it doesn't feel like anything crazy. And up until this point, they are the best. Uh, so that that's the other part. I mean, like here's the thing: is if all these people, you know, if the United States, who is now in the final, um, if they go and lose, uh, everybody's going to be, you know, absolutely crush them. And that's fine. I don't have a problem with that. Um, you know, that's that's sort of what comes with it. You are the overwhelming favorite. You're the number one team in the world. You have built yourself up as this as this juggernaut. You're trying to sort of you're, – you're, you're not so much – 
you're not just competing to win the title. You're also competing against, you know, other women's teams to be the best women's team. Um, it's just, it, it feels so weak and contrived. I, I, I suppose the benefit is it's more attention to this thing and it's getting more people to watch. Um, so I suppose from that standpoint, it's good. But I, to me, it just feels unnecessary because it's just fun to watch anyway. But, you know, to each their own. I mean, the, 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 other, the other thing is like, Outside of, you know, waiting for the the Kawhi Leonard decision, there isn't much going on in sports. There just isn't. So that's the other reason this sort of get. It feels like everything about this has gotten the volume up to eleven, which is always why I've enjoyed the World Cup. Is because it's great for this time of year. Um, you know, I, I, men's or women's, whatever. I'll watch either one because it's there. You know, it tends to fall into a great part of the day during the summer. Uh, and it's a really fun competition that gets you through to training camp. Like that's the biggest thing. Like the whole, this whole part of the, the year goes so much faster to me when there's a world cup going, because there's just an, an, a fun event going on, especially when you're in group play. But now, uh, you know, going for the title, it, you know, you, you want to complain about them. If you're one of these morons who's saying, well, they don't represent me. I, I'm rooting against them, despite the fact they're playing for you know, the U.S. team and uh, whatever, because they might be socially active or speaking out or whatever. Fine. You can be that douche. Um, in general, I, I think it's great. I love it. I'm glad they're getting more attention for it uh, and people are buying in. If, if, even if they're just watching to hate, which is, by the way, the dumbest part about this is how many people are hate watching this, um, which is great for them. And it's, uh, you know, if if they get beat, everyone will pose on them, and that's fine. If they don't, then that's what happens. You're you're the best, and you get to sort of let everybody know. Well, and I think that's part of it. Look, they know. Look, this is our show. We should win this. If we don't lose, I mean, if we don't win, we look like losers. It's, it's the way it comes down, is we look bad, we lost something that we should have won. Um, Pete, I do think there's a lot of it. Obviously, you know, the lawsuit is ongoing, and I definitely think every time this U.S. women's team takes the field, they want every possible eye, even if it is the hate watchers. So as this continues to go on and say, well, you're paying the men how much they don't even make the World Cup. Here we are not only just, you know, excelling in it, we're excelling in it, we're dominating it. Um, so, so there's definitely that aspect, and I think they're trying to, you know, add a little spiciness to it, a little showmanship to it, to, you know, let people know, hey, the way we're being treated in as far as, you know, in regards to what we're being paid is pretty crappy, and it truly is. There's no doubt about it. We can't even get the men's team in the goddamn World Cup, let alone, you know, here these are, ladies are, uh, you know, winning most games, two goals a pop, uh, you know, by two goals a pop. Now, for me, it's fun. You know, sitting there watching it today, you know, I get a bunch of my players that text me. You know, they're all into it. And obviously, you know, they this is, you know, for, for the girls who play for me, they, they this is committed. This is something they really do. They have to put, you know, between games and practices, they're putting between 7 to 10 hours of their young lives into this. They, they want to be good wherever it takes them and takes them, but they want to be committed to it. And, you know, so they obviously admire the living hell out of these people uh, and these women. And, you know, and I got about, you know, 20 texts in a row from about 20 different girls. No Rapino, no Rapino, no Rapino, no Rapino. And, you know, look, I mean, maybe she, you know, maybe she was a little banged up. Best it was, but it's not like, you know, they're starving for players, you know, and even say, oh, we'll put press out there. She plays a little better defense anyway. And, you know, six minutes in, she scores. Um, so it's it's just fun with it. But I think they're, they, they are trying, it's not a statement to just everybody that we are the best women's soccer team in the entire world. They, that's, 
and I think more of it is, is um, excuse me, can what we are doing show up in some freaking paychecks? Because, you know, these women athletes, and you read a bunch of story about, you know, Megan Rapinoe and her girlfriend, Sue Bird. Sue Bird, one of the most established women's basketball players to ever, you know, you know, on the planet as well. It's not like they're rolling in it like athletes are, and it's it, it's 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 just it's just terrible on its face, Pete. Well, yeah, I mean the the, the notion again, a lot of this comes down to sexism, especially when you when, when you compare it to the U, uh, because of what the U was doing before the game uh, with like you know Alonzo Highsmith, for example. Uh, <laughs> you know when th- that's the level that was at, and and the you know the insane and and you know we've talked about this, the dream team, you know celebrating the hell out of beating Angola. Um, it's there's there's no question there's an element of that and there's no question that the more attention they get good bad or otherwise is good for them because you know they tv ratings have been very very good that's a great negotiating uh, point for them to say that they deserve more money because it's hard to argue when you know you're getting a bunch of ad dollars into networks and you then have more power and uh you know i I think if they go out and win the uh, you know the the title here. They're going to be all over, uh, you know, talk shows and 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 things of that nature for for the next several weeks, if not a month or so. Uh, and they'll be able to, you know, hopefully be put in positions where they can actually make their argument. Uh, and they'll have a lot of people interested in that standpoint. Hopefully, they will ultimately uh get where they should be and it's not, you know personally they you know, it, people talk about equal pay they i mean who are we kidding they deserve far more pay than the men because they're much much better at it and uh but certainly they deserve more than they're getting and, and that that sport needs you know not just the united states but the world in general needs to uh you know really invest itself in because it is a great great product um and it you know of the women's sports it's far more successful uh both nationally and uh internationally in terms of you know the, they they have which is weird that there, there there seems to be a lack of understanding there is a national league in america for women uh you have to watch it in like lifetime and shit but uh there there are people who are like there's no why is there no league here but there is um but yeah you know it's more successful obviously than 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 uh than the WNBA or women's basketball on international stage, it's there. It's more popular than a lot of sports, softball, for example. Um, so it, in that sense, it, they some of this they probably do feel the responsibility that they are the the torch carriers for all women's athletes, and that's probably an extra little you know chip on their shoulder. But yeah, the, the, everything about this is working for their favor, and, and and I hope they crush it, and I hope they get to you know, make their case. If nothing else, even if you, you know, you hate watched it or whatever, you you know, you got a very good competitive game today as you did with Spain. uh, And, you know, that, that doesn't hurt. You know, it's, you know, as much as, as this U S women's team is about dominating everybody, um, you know, it, it probably wouldn't help their cause to go out there and beat, you know, the last two opponents, like eight, nothing, um, they have gotten really compelling, uh, really compelling uh, games, which likely um, make them a little more endearing for some of these people. That they, you know, in this game, for example, they they go up early, 
the other team, you know, the, the English come back and, and, and tie it. You know, there's a little question of, you know, that you get into that whole, well, where's Megan Rapino to sort of save the day? And then they find a way to score that second goal. And then everybody gets, you know, clenching time when that, uh, what looked to be the, uh, the, the, uh, the, the game time, you know, set the goal to make it two to two, uh, which was ultimately called back for offsides. And then you had the penalty kick. So there was a lot of drama and, and it, you know, at, it, it was in doubt the whole way and they, they had to close it out to win. It was, it was really hard fought uh, to get them into that title game. Uh, and look, you know, that I agree with, and you know, and obviously for the, the title, you know, it, it's not, you know, they're all carrying themselves with this. It's title or nothing. They, they know nothing else is, you know, anything less than, you know, winning it all is unacceptable. And, you know, look, there is some brains here. You don't think maybe the folks from Lipton or Tetley right now, Pete, or, um, how do we get in touch with Alex Morgan's camp? Um, and, uh, you know, and again, I mean, you know, these women deserve more money and trying to find a way, but, you know, y- you're kidding yourself if you don't think there's some tea company, Snapple, somebody that's saying, um, can we get Alex Morgan's reps on the phone and perhaps have a little convo? Well, she's not hurting for endorsement deals anyway, but <laughs> certainly only, uh, only help her. You know, uh, look, she, she doesn't, you know, if she didn't play soccer, she would still get some of these endorsement deals. She's, she's obviously a beautiful woman. Um, but certainly, you know, it would be great to see, you know, obviously her to get more opportunities, but it would be great for any number of reasons for somebody like uh, Rapino or or Press or those other players to get more in terms of those things because they aren't, you know, uh, she's obviously aesthetically pleasing, whereas they have more complicating factors that might some people might make them unmarketable, but there are undoubtedly companies that fit right into what they want to sell. And, you know, all those things that would be great. So, you know, I'm hoping that they, they come out of this and, and certainly uh, Rapino is not afraid. Uh, it, you know, she's got sort of that, she's not Charles Barkley, but she's got a similar mentality and she's not afraid to say what she believes. And, and all those type of things, which could make her a very entertaining and, uh, you know, great spokesperson or a company or a product or whatever that, that could do a lot for them. And obviously, you know, she's got another professional athlete uh, she's dating in Sue Bird, which, you know, is another way to get that league exposure. So there's a lot of good things that could come out of this. And uh, if you did not read it today, uh, Sue Bird uh, wrote an article today for Players Tribune. Um, the title was hysterical. The entire article itself actually was pretty funny. Um, but check it out. Uh, you know, Sue Bird wrote it, and then check it out over the Players Tribune. Obviously, you know, Derek Jeter's site. It, it was it was a good read. It was a fun read. Um, and I'm sure sometime in the next ten hours or so, a certain member down in Washington D.C. will find a way to talk. To Subert through social media because I guess that's where we're at now and that's the way these things are handled. Uh, guys, remember the days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get the extra confidence in bed. Listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color. B-L-U-E. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night. On a full stomach, and since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill. So you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. 
Um, it could benefit you know, the extra function and more confidence, makes you more sure about yourself when you're ready to go. Blue Chew is the fast and easy way to enhance your performance. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. Uh, so no in-person doctor visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. Uh, they are made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free. Well, we have a new promo code for you. Promo code, code C-O-D-E, all in caps. Again, that's BlueChew, B-L-U-E, BlueChew.com. Com, promo code code uh, blue blue chew is the better cheaper faster choice and we thank them for their sponsorship of the podcast i will recommend for the one who actually made the call today that official um you made the wrong call and it's great that you reviewed it and everything you cannot run yourself into a foul and that is what the player did today um, the U.S. player did not go after her. The young lady from England ran into. There is no call there, so that penalty kick should not have happened anyway. And maybe if there's a female version, if you are the young lady from England, y- you can't be missing a penalty kick when you're playing the world's greatest. It's <laughs> Those things should be like 99 out of 100. And if anything, you never go low. You always go top shelf, left or right. Uh, BlueChew.com. Always appreciate the sponsorship from them. All right, Pete, first question we got here. Gun to your head, are the Browns players next Wednesday, July 10th, in the supplemental draft? No. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm seeing some people that are ex- – I mean, we mentioned Jalen Thompson was going to be a nice name to monitor for another year. And then I sent you something today. I forget who it was, but somebody thought maybe, you know, he had heard something or maybe even a possibility of giving up a second round. And, you know, I mean, we're talking about a safety that could be, you know, sub-195 pounds. Obviously, I'm sure, you know, if we don't get them, obviously the teams will have them about, you know, hopefully some athletic measurements and hopefully, you know, some uh, obviously size on Jalen Thompson. But, I mean, we could be talking about Pete, a guy that's, you know, five foot 11, 192 pounds and, you know, at, at a safety position. That's a little rich. Right. Um, certainly... You know, the, the hope is we'll get some measurements uh, before. Uh, but it, it just comes down to where the Browns need help and where their roster is and the timing of the supplemental draft. If, you know, if there was a really strong defensive tackle out there, I could see the Browns make a play for him. Um, but, again, with safety, and it, 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 the timing of this is bad. They've got a number of irons on the fire they're sort of looking at, and, and maybe – if they really decide they're not comfortable with something that they might make a bid, but even if they make a bid, I think they will likely get beat out. Uh, but again, you, you've got Sheldrick Redwine, you've got Jermaine Whitehead you're trying to mess around with, you've got Demarius Randall's future you're not sure about, um, you've got uh, Morgan Burnett here, at least for the moment. There's just too it's not to say they can't it's just there feels like there's too much for them to try to bring in somebody to be able to give them a real shot to make uh, enough of a difference where you're going to say okay let's you know let's let this guy make the team and give up on somebody else uh if you know if if this if the supplemental draft was timed differently um and, and you know this is the nature of the beast uh you know if 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 this was back in april somehow and you were doing the same process with these extra players, or let's say it's like the second week of May, um, 
then maybe the Browns are more interested. But I just think it, it's unlikely, given the, the, their situation, um, that they're going to make a strong push for anybody. If some of these guys end up going un, un, undrafted and they're free agents, sure, they, they could take a swing. But in terms of actually you know, giving up a draft pick and getting their man, I doubt it. Um, and yeah, I do agree with you there. And I don't know necessarily, even if Jalen Thompson turns out where, you know, the size is legit and maybe now he's six foot and he's a little bit over 200 pounds of the athletic measurement tests, um, show well, or at least you get some numbers on him, you know, you know, out of Pullman, Washington, they're able to give you some, you know, positive concrete numbers that you're able to work with. I'm not sure that you wouldn't get jumped because there's a lot of crappy teams in this league that says, all right, well, give me a player where it's not going to matter this year. I can get his feet wet. And then hopefully in 2020, when we're, you know, hopefully back from being garbage, you know, we can find a way to get him into the mix and and do things from there. But you did bring up a point here about the defensive tackle position. And this is one that's still... And now, obviously, Pete and everybody knows. You know, when you know, with Pete, uh, Pete and I, you know the way we feel about the defensive tackle position. Obviously, we really have a lot of confidence in the two starters. But again, now here it is, two seasons in a row. It doesn't seem like the urgency is there. But I keep going back to this, Pete. How could you have been interested in Gerald McCoy the way you were? Have it not work out? And they'd be like, "Never mind. It's okay. We were good with what we had in house anyway." It, it, it's. <sighs> It just makes no damn sense. There's there's no other way to put it. It makes zero sense. I mean, I, I, I understand the argument that you're saying Gerald McCoy is so good that we're going to make a play for him. Um, and, and if you're saying that, well, we've got these guys that are, you know, pretty good. Gerald McCoy is just better. I get it. It's just in terms of what do you have behind Larry Ogunjobi and Sheldrick Redwine that's remotely proven? The answer is nobody. You're, you're, you're hoping Carl Davis is going to be good, and, and, and maybe he will be. Um, but everything else is, feels like a bit of a, a, a roll of the dice. And obviously they could still make a move, and, and there will be waivers and, and cutdowns and opportunities for them to bring in other guys. It's just curious to me. You know, from undrafted free agents in particular, they barely brought anybody in, um, and then they didn't actually keep anybody. So, I, I mean, it, don't get me wrong. It would be great if, you know, Daniel Equale is a giant surprise or Brian Price is, is, is you know, a, a revelation or Devereaux Lawrence is going to be a much better player than the two snaps he provided last year. It's just... You know, and we're not in the building. We're not at practices. It's just very difficult to believe that. And hopefully, you know, we get into training camp. There will be, you know, some reason to go. Oh, well, why should we? We were stupid to ever doubt them on this. But that's where we're at right now. Um, yeah, and that's it. Does make me to that point. And even you know, you're talking about everyone else there is pretty much undrafted free agents. Um, you're talking about Devereaux Lawrence was you know would which priority trade, but obviously didn't give up much for him. Um, you know, Carl Davis obviously was a you know you pulled him off the scrap heap. You know, on you know Labor Day weekend cuts. I just don't understand. You know, look, I can I understand for if all 32 teams were interested in Gerald McCoy, but you know I can't. Yeah, I don't understand how you say, ah, well, if we weren't able to get Gerald McCoy, never mind. It wasn't that big of a need. And for me, it just, I don't know. It sounds like, you know, and look, unless they've got something in their back pocket they're sitting on and waiting out and seeing. But I don't know. For me, that's just, it's a rough move. It's it's a bad mood. I think you just, you need one more, at least that you can be a little bit more confident on. Um Pete, we, we, I know you talked about this. You know, you, you, you know, uh, retweeted this today. I retweeted this today. 
I don't think people truly appreciate the physical freak and gift from God that Miles Garrett actually is. Uh, I think it was what fifty pounds, twenty-five pound dumbbells in each hand, and you're talking about that guy had to be that had to be probably a thirty-eight, forty-inch box jump with those dumbbells. And I don't think anybody even truly grasps what an incredible specimen slash athlete that Miles Garrett is. Uh, yeah, I don't care about benching and squatting in terms of that. See, but here's the thing: the benching is very impressive because of how long Miles Garrett's arms are. So the amount of weight he can put up and the reps he can do that is crazy impressive within itself. But the athleticism is just my God. Yeah, I mean, it, it, look, don't get me wrong. Benching a lot of weight and squatting a lot of weight. Obviously, Larry Ogunjobi had a video of himself squatting seven hundred and something pounds. Um, those are obviously great numbers, but if you're trying to really get a sense of the athletic ability and explosion Miles Garrett has, it's um, it's in those box the plyo box jumps, and I, you know the the box was up to his waist. He's six five, so I'm guessing somewhere in that you know thirty two to thirty six to forty inch range, um, and you know a lot of those box jumps like that, you know when you initially explode you drop the weight like it's it's just supposed to you know resist until you jump but he's doing it with the 250s all the way up uh, so it, you know if he's a 280 pound guy he's jumping like that at 380 which is what makes it insane and obviously you know you get into the math and stuff like that he's a guy who can you know is essentially you know exploding off the ground with somewhere around a thousand pounds of force and you know that's your, your your first step. Those jumps, vertical and and broad jump. That's your that's your first step. And the amount of strength that is coming with that out of his first step means that you know somebody has to try to slow down, redirect, whatever that 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 force on the opposite side of the ball. And that's where that becomes pretty ridiculous. Now you 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 say that's the, the jump. Now he's able to add a second and a third step and getting to you with that bull rush. That's pretty fearsome which is how you end up with uh uh cam robinson the jack the jags wire offensive tackle getting literally launched into oblivion on one play because he got slightly off balance and miles garrett just basically threw him um he is remarkably gifted on any number of levels and and clearly he's a guy who who is never you know is not satisfying with satisfying with being good enough he wants to be great and he that's why he you know he he puts in all this work he uh, is very smart, and then he he comes in with very high aspirations in terms of his goals and wanting to be all pro and and win the Super Bowl and, and all those things. And this is why he has those things. He, why he's very confident because he does put the the work in. And there are plenty of guys who have won the genetic lottery, um, but it takes that guy who takes that next step and you know adds in the element you know being as smart as he is and the element of wants to be great that you know, separates those guys from the best of the best of the best. And that's what Miles Garrett can be. And that's even the most impressive thing about it, though, is because the second he walks out of the building, it's okay, well, the football part of life today is over with and goes about everything else that he has interest in. And, you know, it's, you know, you know usually when you are a player of Miles' ilk, it's usually all about the sport, but you know Miles can do everything that's required of him, even a little extra, 
and then he walks out of the building, and it's, you know, obviously we've talked about this a million times. There's almost like a little bit of a nerdy aspect to him. Uh, he enjoys his video games, you know, things of like that. I remember talking with Damian Ratley, and I was like, oh, well, have you heard from Miles Garrett yet? And he's like, yeah, I'll be honest. Knowing Miles the way I do, there could be a day or so where Miles doesn't even know where his cell phone is. Like, you're talking about that type of guy. Um, and the other thing is, when you actually get into, like, the numbers and the way you were describing, obviously, you know, the jumps with the weight, you're talking like Avon Dra- Ivan Drago, Rocky Ford type stuff, Pete. And and obviously, you know, Miles, this you know, working out like this is more the norm for someone his age. But just the way he goes about it, and, and the the results, and it's just you know, there's so many players that say, all right, well maybe I'll try that tomorrow. Don't you know? You know, first off, you know, not everybody is created equally. Just accept it and understand that. Um, but you know, it's you know, even if you try forever. Some dudes just ain't built the same way or wired the same way as some others guys were. No, I mean, look, we'll talk about, you know, he get into the high school recruiting thing and, 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 and coaches, you know, we'll talk about how try to take credit for, you know, the, the player getting recruited or whatever. And, you know, you, you talk to guys like Charles Bentley and they'll tell you um, the only, only people who had anything to do for the most part with uh, recruiting with dad uh, and that's purely a genetics thing. And then, you know, you may give them that help them along with support and what, you know, technique and some of those things. But a lot of it is just basically uh, in that sense, not screwing it up uh, and, and not getting in the way. But yeah, that's the deal is, is uh, you aren't, going to make that you know, you aren't making that much of a difference the the genetic key here was most of it there are not that many um don't get me wrong there are guys, some guys who can scratch and claw their way but there are not that many guys that are doing that and and, and this is the thing is you get into things like football and and there you know you look around your locker room there's probably somebody you're sitting there going god damn uh, how is he you know if, if i worked you know, if I had that body and I work as hard as, as, as I do, as opposed to how hard they work, you know, how far could I go? And that's just, you know, that's unfortunately how it goes for some of those people. You just, you, you got mom and dad and that's, that's just how it goes. Yeah. I mean, you know, and it's, it's the freak of the freaks, you know, Randy Moss, you know, nobody, you know, God created him through his mother and his father and, you know, Whatever he was, you know, and a string bean learned how to fill himself out and just became, you know, one of the NFL's greatest wide receivers. And I always tell my family, and you know, I bust my chops. You know, me, you know, five foot eleven, you know, at my heyday in my playing weight, you know, anywhere, you know, on my best days, one seventy, one seventy five, and you know, I was the tallest of my family till my younger brother came along at six foot two and carried about one eighty five. And I used to joke with my family all the time. Well, if I got Justin's body, y'all never see me again. I'd be gone. I'd be far, far away from y'all. I'd be living a really good life. And it's, you know, hey, genetics definitely do factor into it. Um, iTunes, rating reviews, it is a great way to assist with the growth of the show. Um, a lot of people, you know, I get messages to the Lockdown Browns account, anything I can help with. Yeah, it, that that's huge. Um, same would go with... Um, Pete's work over at Browns Maven, uh, you know, sign up, you know, you know, be a user over there. There's a way to comment through the articles and stuff like that. Help Pete out, help me out. That's a way to help us, you know, obviously, and we appreciate, you know, we're putting out all this time for you, trying to give you guys the best that we can. Uh, small thing you can do for us, please, if you can take care of that, we'd uh, both be appreciative of that. 
going into camp, Pete, um, obviously now, I mean, we're getting closer and closer. I mean, the three-week window, I mean, you know, we have tomorrow, 4th of July, and then obviously, you know, that's it. I mean, steamrolling, you know, everybody will be, you know, obviously they'll all have Baker's waiting Sunday for most of, for a lot of guys. And then after that, it's, it's one thing and one thing only. Offense, defense, which side do you think is further away just from players added, um, you know, coaching, you know, blend, which is which is going to require the most work to hopefully be the unit it's going to need be and what should be, well, I mean, what, what should be and hopefully should be a division winning season? Pardon, say that again? Which side do you think more folks should have their eyes on? Which one do you think needs the better training camp, better preseason, offensive side of the ball, defensive side of the ball? Um, I think it's defense. And, it, and it's entirely uh, focusing on the secondary. Um, certainly you have Denzel Ward and you have Demarius Randall. That, you know, Denzel Ward should be good and getting better. Demarius Randall hopefully will have a good year. Um, the other corner position, obviously, Greedy Williams uh, has a chance to prove himself. But that strong safety position is an enormous question mark. Um you have to find out exactly what you can get there. Um, and that they have put a lot of investment into, uh, into trying to stop the pass and that has to be successful. Um, it, it, you know, they, that that's the part of it. And they, they try to upgrade their pass rush. I think the offense, certainly the offensive line is a focus, but I think that secondary is an enormous part of this off season. Uh, and you know the, the pecking order of the safety position, obviously the way the cornerback position is going to work out, and we've talked about this m- many times. If Greedy Williams hits the ground running and becomes in you know contention to even take the job as a starter or even to be that you know third guy, you know then you're curious about how the rest of it's going to work out, and you have some veterans who would maybe have some value, and maybe they wouldn't be so thrilled with being the fourth or fifth cornerback. So that is something. Certainly to watch. Um, Pete, I sent this to you, and for me, it was the irony of it. Um, somebody put up something about hot dogs today. and All right, here's my stance. Uh, hot dogs. You don't put ketchup on a hot dog. You put ketchup on a hot dog, guess what it tastes like? It tastes like ketchup. It doesn't taste like hot dog. It doesn't taste like a hot dog anymore. So me, it's mustard, relish, anything. Ketchup doesn't go on there. Somehow, Heinz Ketchup found it. And what do they send to me? They send me a gif of... Baker Mayfield telling, saying, ketchup is for everybody with Baker Mayfield. But here's the irony of it, Pete, is, you know, what's the name of the stadium where the Pittsburgh Steelers play? Yeah, it was very strange to see Hines basically going on on this. It was almost like, yeah, we have our name on the stadium, but we'd really rather have, this, you know, this team playing it or something. Um, I, yeah, I, that, weird. I mean, obviously, look, they... As much as they are on the stadium, they're literally just a sponsor. So they're going to push anything that they believe can get them uh, more product. And there are probably a certain number of bronze fans that don't even pay attention to that stuff and uh, only see the Baker Mayfield part and, and, and go all in on it. But, you know, it's any opportunity to sell more product is, is what we're, they're going, out, going after. Yeah, I'm trying to see if it's still up. And that was the part that, you know, Certainly, just you know, blew my mind. It was like, well, you know, what? Uh, it's and it's still up there for everybody to see. So, um, uh, uh, at Heinz Ketchup, uh, I think it's underscore US or whatever. But yeah, I, I like I saw that and I was just like, um, well, uh, 
and well, look, or maybe it's this, or maybe just everybody realizes, Pete, where you know the AFC North currently rides or dies. So, hey, I mean, whatever. But, I mean, I, I thought that was a little bit, uh, and I got some people, you know, they were coming back, like, ooh, Heinz got you. I'm like, you guys aren't seeing this tweet for, you know, what it actually you know, surfaces as, which I thought was kind of funny. And it, it's weird. I, you know, I, I'm getting a lot of food. I'm getting, now apparently I'm getting, uh, you know, badgered by condiment companies. It's whatever. It's just another day on Twitter for me, guys. Um, Pete, anything you need to get to, anything you want to toss in here, anything we've missed over the last couple of days? It is really uh, – it is the quiet time, but go ahead. Well, no, I would uh, – the thing I would point out is the people getting all worked about, uh, up about Nike. Um, yeah, yeah, this is another one. Getting very mad over a product. It appears they didn't know Nike was selling, that they're very mad they are no longer selling. Um, and, you know, Nike saying this is, um, you know, a – you know, Colin Kaepernick felt this particular Betsy Ross shoe was offensive or something. I don't know if that's even true. Um, it's a really old, it's, you know, it's that 13 stars flag on the back of a shoe. Um, you know, this becomes, I don't, again, I don't know how much of a market there was for it. There's all these people going, oh, I, I, I would totally buy these things. But look, the whole thing is they're trying to make money. The last thing they did with Colin Kaepernick, crushed absolutely crushed first they had all the people getting upset on one side and you had a ton of people buying stuff on the other side um nike did nothing but make money and ultimately somehow some way this is ultimately going to be a way to make them uh make more money whether they're going to turn around and roll out with a different shoe with a different flag on it one more likely with 50 stars on it um or something they're gonna do something to, to make money this is not like some social justice push this is entirely cynical and in a way to make money and people freaking out about it are are, are getting taken for a ride that it's just so unnecessary and they're picking fights over things that are so stupid nike is a company that has sweatshops over in in, in, in far eastern countries they're not getting told what to do by colin kaepernick they are willing to do this or anything else that is going entirely in the interest of making money. It's it's not altruistic in there. I, I don't buy it being altruistic on their part at all. Um, it's entirely a cold hearted play to make money. And ultimately I expect that is what they will do. Um, no doubt about it. And first things first here, it's probably because they weren't going to sell enough to warrant it on these sneakers that are actually made in Asia. Um, not wherever, wherever the you know, the whole you know situation broke up. The, the sneakers are actually made in Asia. Um, first things first. If you're going to do a sneaker like that, it's a really what is it marketed for? It's probably marketed for people who want to wear their USA Dream Team basketball jersey throwbacks on three days of the year: Memorial Day, Fourth of July, Labor Day. Other than that, those sneakers aren't getting any run. You know, nobody's going to go out rocking a Betsy Ross American flag look as an everyday shoe. It's a shoe for, and this is the other thing, is it's really only geared to sneakerheads. And those are the people who have freaking 50 and 60 pairs of sneakers. It's not an everyday shoe. It's something sneakerheads would use and wear to barbecues and things of that nature. Um, so there's obviously, you know, trust me, there's more to this than Nike just saying, you know, 
they're doing this based on so or whatever, however the story's going. It's more based on, I don't think we're going to sell enough of it, so maybe it's something just not to pursue. Um, and the other thing is, is Nike kind of does this to themselves, um, where there are, I mean, if you ever go through, you know, go on to Nike.com to look at sneakers, or you go through a freaking catalog, it's, I mean, your head will spin, Pete. You, you, a, you'll get a headache because there's so much, and there's so much color. Like, you would never realize there's that many freaking possibilities of sneaker combos until you actually look at a site and go through one of these magazines, and your eyes almost pop out of your freaking head. Right. Um, look, uh, there's no loyalty other than to to the almighty dollar uh, for most of these things. There are occasionally some real, you know, statements that are, you know, are willing to, you know, give something up or lose money. But even then you can usually find a way that it ultimately makes sense. But especially a company like Nike, um, you know, this is the, this is the company that famously had Michael Jordan as their spokesperson who, you know, is one of the most famous quotes he's ever had is Republicans buy shoes too. Uh, so he, you know, it was always his stance to stay as apolitical as possible for that reason. Um, um. You know, of course, and then if Mike found a way to go do his own thing, right? So you know that's that's that ultimately is how this this feels to me, and and maybe there's something real there, and and, and that would be great. I mean, I would love that to be the case. I, I just have a really difficult time um, seeing that, and obviously, like the last time, they made a killing uh, on on the Colin Kaepernick stuff. So I, I, that's where I've ultimately see this thing going. Well, you know, look, if you're Nike, you don't remain, you know king of the hill for as long as they have um you know without knowing what the heck you're doing and obviously you're not, you're not going to cater to just you know you're not going to do something just for the sake of doing it i mean if anybody can take a loss obviously it is nike but you know it's a business and you know why take a loss if you don't have to in my thinking is is enough of it wasn't going to sell so it probably wasn't worth it pete to put those eight and nine year olds through the daily labor for two dollars a day to make those sneakers yeah yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's like there, it's like it's it's one of those things where like you know the anger and frustration of these things is so short lived. But like you know, super off topic, but whatever. Um, Coca Cola, obviously, there was a video that came out in connection with a you know yep. a area they were in business with, and all these people were understandably very upset. It is a you know it is not a small thing. It is a very you know, real deal and something to be angry about. Um, but my guess is as angry as they're, I, I, I'm guessing it's less than 1% of the people who said, oh, I will never buy your product again are really going to stick to that. Um, and there are lots of other things that Coke is doing, for example, um, in the world that are far less scrupulous than, than that, like bu buying up water rights internationally. Um, if you want to Google that, that is a really scary thing for people. Um you know, essentially buying up water in India, for example, or uh, Africa, and then selling it off to go anywhere else. So, you know, I I would say your natural reaction to anything should be very skeptical and cynical when it comes to anything corporate as far as being really interested in taking a stand or doing anything. Uh, so look for the green. That's ultimately where this is ultimately going to go. Exactly. And the other thing is, you know, with any one of these things, when they come out as fast as they can, um, maybe do a little research as opposed to, because do not think that news outlets 
and huge companies are not in bed together and one competitor says to one of their news outlets, uh, here, here's a big story maybe you guys can pretend to have and it benefits us and dig a little deeper, guys. Um, you have everything at your disposal in 2019. Internet-wise, you know, whatever. Come on, guys. Do a little homework. Uh, Pete, Browns, Maven, what's the latest? Yeah, I mean... Uh, you know, it's going to be continuing to do player profiles for whatever reason. Those things seem to do well, and, and I'm happy to do them. And I and I, I, I will them. notice. Um, you know, there was a I would say late June there was a little bit of a slowdown Browns wise here. Um, but now that we have kicked off July here, and obviously you know, I, guys, I, I I see the numbers daily here. I see you guys are into it. I see you guys are freaking geeked up, and I, I cannot blame you. Yes, uh, you know, for what has been as long as it has been. Um, and I was even talking with Mark Sessler today, and he's like, I got to admit, I'm getting a little bit nervous. And I think what it is, is everybody, as excited as you are, I think part of it is, Pete, is believing that this time is the time. Now, this time it's real, but go ahead. Well, I mean, look, there's a concrete foundation there. It's not built on sand, as it has been in the past. In 2008, it was built uh, on a much shakier foundation. It was a quarterback that really wasn't that good in the, uh, you know, there are some areas that need to be, you know, sort of bolstered, uh, you know, and, and Baker Mayfield is carrying a lot of weight on his back, uh, in terms of, you know, making up for some of the protection issues. Um, but he is legit. Um, Miles Garrett is absolutely the real deal. Odell Beckham is a, a, a proven stud. You, you know, you're you're basically hoping, you know, that it, it's more guys step up because there's so much going on well around them and that the guys who are great continue to be great and take further steps in that. And there seems to be every reason in the world to buy into that. And, you know, like one of the guys, the guy, well, this when this comes out, it won't matter. Um, the guy I'm talking about, Wyatt Ray, is tomorrow's Wyatt Ray. Okay. Um, Boston College. Uh, Boston College defensive end. And he is, if you look at his athletic testing numbers, they are eerily similar to Nate Orchard. Um, was taken as a second round pick. And first, that was never should have been taken, never should have been a second round pick. But the fact is that, you know, a year or two ago, Wyatt Ray probably makes your 53. My guess is Wyatt Ray will not make your 53-man roster, could ultimately end up on another team, but that is the difference. You are this much better at this position where a guy like Wyatt Ray is a really, really tough deal to make. And I think Wyatt Ray is a guy who will actually do pretty well early in camp. Um, and and made, you know, because he's he comes from a very uh, sound coaching program. Paul Pascaloni's a legend uh, and, and has pr- helped develop some very polished prospects. So it wouldn't surprise me if Wyatt Ray is sort of like tap dancing on some guys early, especially these raw offensive linemen and has a lot of success and then, you know, and, and might have some success in that same vein in the preseason and might be a guy that catches a lot of buzz. And then when it ultimately is released uh, is a guy where people are going, man, I thought he was going to make the roster type of thing, but that is where the Browns are that a guy of that caliber uh, may be fall short. And, that is a testament to where this thing is going. Uh, and this is what, you know, and we're going to do one of these, you know, before camp kicks off. You know, we'll, we'll try to predict, a, you know, a final 53. And only be, look, and everybody does it. Only because I just want to see the players that Pete and I are both confident in as far as in or out. And the other thing is, is doing it for the sake of how many jobs are actually up for grabs. 
and you know it, it's going to blow your mind and you know like i mean you know i know everybody obviously that you know, we see you see the stuff with uh uh, Damon Shihi Giuseppe and you know the incredible work ethic and you know obviously it's a fantastic story and you love to see it but I mean you know on some surfaces there could be a zero shot in hell that he makes this team um, but if he does you know if there's one or two plays and you know some sort of splash in preseason um, you know Brown guys the Browns cut will now kind of be coveted you know obviously not like a Carl Nassib which was still a dumbass move um, but, you know, some of these guys, you know, it, 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 if they just show a little bit of something, it, you know, and like we've said a bunch of times, Pete, it's, you know, you know, it used to be, well, who the hell's going to take anybody that the Browns didn't feel was deemed good enough to be part of their team? It's, that is gone the complete 180 now where it's, uh, 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 okay, well, he didn't make their wide receiving core because there's Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry, Antonio Callaway, Rashard Higgins, and, you know, you're five through 11 you can find, you know, any two of those guys to make it. It's it's a lot, lot different now. Right. I mean, even even the last couple of years, they've they've uh, they've had a lot of popularity among guys that have been cut. Obviously, you mentioned Carl Nassib, but some of the DBs and stuff have been scooped up pretty quickly. Um, and, and now, I think it's safe to say that the Browns are a team. And it's not all positions. Obviously, there are some positions where they're not great at, um, but there are absolutely positions where. They are going to be, uh, you know, teams are going to be sort of uh, licking their chops, waiting to see who gets re- released, or you may see some teams make trades. Uh, and that player-for-player player leverage is great. Um, so it, 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 that strength could enable them to address some weaknesses later. It could... Um, pre- present some interesting opportunities to get like deferred draft picks or you know those seventh round conditional picks that you're probably not going to see but every so often you get lucky with those um, but you know the Browns are in a relative position of strength uh, injuries are the big factor that could change that as they can with everybody but at least right now um, they have things going in the right direction and there's every reason to be positive with that uh, no, yeah, yeah, it's it, and that's where we are kind of at with it, and, you know, some of these great stories, um, and obviously with Hard Knocks not being there this year, you know, they, some of them won't get the, you know, uh, be amplified the way they were last year, obviously, so, but it's going to, you know, there'll be a lot of players that, you know, in a lot of years here in Cleveland would have been good enough to be part of the Browns 53, but it may either not going to be good enough to be part of the 2019 version of the Browns final 53. Um, so we're going to put a bow on this here. Uh, obviously, you know, uh, at Browns Maven, make sure you're following over there for all of Pete's written work, obviously the video content, obviously audio along with it, everything um, doing a good job. And as we joke, Pete, you find a way with those new doodads over there, aren't you? Oh yeah. I mean, they are, uh, First and foremost, they they are very easy uh, to do small things, which is very nice because you know there's not always you know a thousand words on some of these guys, um, but certainly they are a, a good they are good for us uh, in terms of you know the business and stuff like that. It, they uh, uh, they are a different way to obviously present content, and um, you know for the most part they work and they are, are helping and gaining, gaining exposure and there's some you know certainly there are some fans that have found uh, me found us found you know what what we're trying to do as a result which is always good so um, the more things I can do in that vein uh, that sort of present 
more opportunities. And, and I, I think the other thing that's sort of been a little bit helpful is, you know, the, the idea that there's a lot of, there's a, a section over there that has produced podcasts that some of these people have found uh, us on there because they, you know, they're fans of pods that, you know, that have been put on there or, and we're let know by the people running their pod. And then they've sort of found other things they like, which is exactly what we want. Uh, the, the idea being that, you know, however you feel about the, the media in Northeast Ohio, um, that the podcast game in particular is very strong. And even if you don't love us um, or whatever pod, and, and, and I'm assuming you at that point, you, you, if you don't love us, it's, you still like us quite a bit. Um, we'll take hate listens, though, too, even if you love to hate us. I mean, it's no different. <laughs> but after you're done, after you're done uh, listening to us, and especially, you know, you get into the 4th of July uh, if you're driving somewhere for you know to to, to do the, the a long weekend as a, a lot of people are, or you know you you find yourself in a rut where you just want some football content and and you're sitting there going, man, what else could I listen to? It's an easy way to find some other things that you might want to jump onto, and and certainly there are some some. Uh, my belief is, you know, of the the podcasts we're talking about, it, 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 you may not love all of them, but you're going to love at least one of them or some of them. And the more of that is the better. And I think the stronger that area is of those type of things from analysis to various um, viewpoints, whether it's guys across the guys across the pond or guys out of state or, you know, guys who are here and just have a different viewpoint on things. It's. There's somebody that's probably going to represent your voice in some way or another or pre- present you a thought process that you enjoy or, you know, you just following the characters, so to speak, is something that you like. Um, that, that There's something in there for you. Well, and even even here's the other thing, and obviously the guys across the pond. Uh, sorry, Jack. Sorry, Paul, about today. Um, there's that. But, um, guys, even, you know, and for me, who was a guy who listened to a ton of sports talk radio growing up, you never want to agree with everything. You shouldn't. Because then it's basically just, you know, hearing your own thoughts spewed out through somebody else's voice. Um, and it's it's okay for differing opinions. I understand that some of you, you know, we've gone through this a bunch of times where Pete and I look, just find really good dudes who are good at football, not the guys that you're going to, you know, lose your hair when you go to bed at night worrying about what they're doing. That's always been a stance that Pete and I have had a, a stand on. Um, but, yeah, look, a, a lot of guys are pumping out great work. Obviously, the Browns are a, 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 a fun thing to cover right now. A lot of people are interested um, you know, So with that. But, um, obviously, like I said, at BrownsMaven, uh, I follow that on Twitter, BrownsMaven.com. Check out all of Pete's work over there. At underscore Pete Smith underscore. Make sure you're following Pete. Dude, guy is busting his ass between coaching um, you know, obviously swatting trolls away. Actually, it's gotten better over on your timeline, Pete. It's gotten a little better over there these days. Um, but, you know, look, we're having fun. We're trying to bust out content, give you guys the best we can. Um, the Lockdown Browns Twitter account, at Lockdown Browns, all, lower, uh, all lowercase, obviously. Um, always a follow-back account. Um, you know, DMs over there, anything you guys want on the show, something you'd like discussed, uh, discussed or questions that you have. You know, we do. I do get some people from, you know, obviously, you know, uh, you know, uh, off of American soil that sometimes, like, Pete and I will use phrases they don't understand. We answer those questions, whatever, anything you need from that type of stuff, by all means, send over there. At Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Uh, throw a follow over there for me, please. As always, the ratings, reviews on Pete's work, you know, the written work, obviously the show uh, always helps, you know, drives us. Uh, you know, more listeners, new listeners, uh, for what should be a hell, 
hell of a 2019 season, um, full of promise, uh, which everybody's just getting excited for. And let's enjoy this. For me, this let's enjoy this three weeks of summer. That's the way I view it. Because once camp opens, I don't give a crap about any of this. Um, summertime, I, I'm this excited about what will be the 2019 product of the Cleveland Browns. This has been your Deadly Delivery of all things Dog Pound, LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns. <laughs>